Welcome to Big Game Hunger, a show where me and a guest craft the big next game every episode. We'll be taking three random ingredients and blending them together into one incredible game. I'm Jenna Stever and I crave content. And I'm joined by Anthony Birch. Anthony, who are you? What do you have a hunger for? Based, based by the voice you gave me, it sounds like I'm a fancy lad. I'm a, I'm a dandy boy from the north of Wales. Yes, you're, and you're here because I suspect you of a crime. <laughs> <laughs> Someone in this room is a murderer, and I'm the only one in the room. <laughs> this is the easiest murder mystery ever. Yeah, that's my hunger. My hunger is to find out who the real killer is. Wow! I mean, that's you just described a CBS uh, full hour plot. <laughs> <laughs> you just described a new serial. What can I say? Uh, who are you? <laughs> who am I? Who am I? What a great, great question. Um, I I'm your friend. I uh, have known you for many years. Uh, I do a podcast called Dungeons and Daddies. How did we meet? I can't even remember. The internet. The <laughs> Twitter. Internet. Twitter. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> what a mild breakdown of you and your internet legacy. <laughs> I'm also I also write video games. I was writer on God of War, Ragnarok, and yeah. Borderlands 2 and some other stuff. But mainly, <laughs> mainly I'm just known as Jenna Steeper's friend. <laughs> um, oh, to live in a world where that's true. No, <laughs> absolutely not. If anything, I'm known as Radicus Finch. Hell yeah. <laughs> a thing I still get people being like, I love to as Radka's Finch. Hell about, yeah. You were fucking which great. Which rules. Yeah. Honestly, I feel great about it. Yeah. <laughs> Every time it happens, I'm like, oh, right. We did name him. <laughs> we did name that mouse character Radicus Finch. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, what a good show that you made. You were great on it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so I appreciate that you touched on the video games that you've wrote for because the the first your first go at that intro didn't mention that you're a video game writer. I, at I all. literally forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's the least important part of the art that you make. Is that yeah. fair to say? It's much more important that I improvise fart jokes in a D and D system on a <laughs> weekly basis. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is you never know what's going to be more the most fulfilling work that you do until you do it. It's true. Nobody talks to me about God of War Ragnarok. All they want to do is talk to me about fucking how there were too many memes in Borderlands 2. <laughs> oh, that's fucking tragic, actually. <laughs> that's devastating. Everybody should send Anthony um, nice comments about God of War Ragnarok. You'll hate that. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I will not know what to do with it. <laughs> Uh, positive affirmations. Um, it's good. It's good to immunize you to those so mm -hmm. that you feel nothing when they happen. Uh-huh. They bounce <laughs> off me like bolts off Superman's titties. <laughs> uh, do you want to make a game? I do. <laughs> okay. I'm going to roll my 3D20s and then look at my ingredient list and see what we've got. Okay. Oh, the first one is such a good pull. For you and not for me, which is so it is wild that I have put this on the list, knowing that I might have had to do it with somebody who is not a fan of this. But the first one we rolled is wrestling. <gasps> what a good <laughs> day for me. <laughs> and a good day for me, because that means I don't have to fake knowing things about wrestling. Yeah, I can teach you everything you need to know. <laughs> um, the adjective comes from Brooke Bright. Amazing. She gave us the adjective gnarly. Gnarly. And we might have to okay. define that, I feel like, for for the younger folks. I feel like even for us, gnarly is kind of was an outdated. It was slang. pretty outdated, and it's also sort of a catch-all term. I think I could describe many things as gnarly and it would still kind of track. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that's accurate. 
because uh, when I think of gnarly, I think of waves. Yes. <laughs> and like a cool stick that you find in the forest because it's all gnarled. <laughs> That's the two the two main emotions that Jenna has is, is, is <laughs> surfing the waves and finding cool sticks before being abducted by a forest witch and, and made to drink the blood of a goat. <laughs> Listen, you got to get your protein somewhere. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and the type of gameplay I got, which is going to be really at odds with our other options, is stealth game. Oh, this is yeah. all my favorite things. Really? Are you a big fan of stealth games? I love stealth games. I really? My dream is to work on a stealth game one day. That seems a, like a really doable dream for you. Yeah, and yet, because nobody yet. makes them, you know? Like, no, no, um, no AAA studios at least make them. They're so expensive and they're so difficult to make because they're so reliant on having intelligent enemy AI. Um, and yeah, they don't tend to sell as well as like a game where you fight your enemies instead of a game where you like outsmart now think and act like a, a coward, which is what I much prefer. <laughs> um, well, not to not to throw my lot into one of these arenas is I'm not wild about stealth games. Again, why why did I put this on the list knowing that I might have had to have done this? Because you were waiting for me. You were waiting for somebody who loves wrestling and stealth to come in and fucking carry your ass <laughs> like Sisyphus pushing a rock up a hill. <laughs> My ass is like a rock that Sisyphus has to push up a hill. Because you got to keep pushing it. <laughs> got to keep pushing, baby. Uh, in the inf infamous words of salt and pepper, ah, push it. <laughs> <laughs> that, song, that song was about Sisyphus. People don't realize. <laughs> That's why you got to listen to it on repeat. <laughs> uh, um, okay, thank God you know things about stealth games. Because I've played some of the Thief games, but they really don't make those Thief games anymore, huh? No, not at all. Uh, Which is a shame because they're amazing. They were good. If I liked stealth games, I would like those games. Sure. I respect them. I don't like them. That's totally fair. Yeah. Um, the last stealth game I played that I really liked was uh, Alien Isolation. Oh, God. Alien Isolation is fantastic. It's fucking incredible it's game. so good. Truly a great game. I, I am curious. Because wrestling is not hmm, instinctively a very stealthy it's sport. Not. It's not. It is if one would find one adjective that describes wrestling least, I think stealthy might be that adjective. Yeah. So I think that's going to be an interesting way of figuring out. Because stealth games isn't just about stealth. It's about like the mechanics of being unseen. Yes. Or disempowered. And there, I know that there. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. A pretend <laughs> is doing the John Cena, you can't see me. Oh. I, know, I know one thing about wrestling, and it's that I'm so John, glad it came Cena, in. John Cena has a has a whole, is it a song? Does he do a song? Isn't that a, like a dance move? It's, it is sort of, so basically the origin of it was that he saw a hip-hop video, saw somebody doing a thing where they put their hand in front of their head and then move their head, but he is white, so he didn't understand what he was seeing. <laughs> so somebody bet him, like, I bet you won't do that on TV, you coward. He's like, I bet I will. And then he went on TV and did it wrong and then just shook his hand in front of his face. <laughs> <laughs> that turned into you can't see me. That's fucking incredible. Yeah. Um, that really makes me like John Cena a lot, but I don't know what that means about me. No, there's a lot to love about John Cena. He okay, holds the world good. record for Make-A-Wishes. Really? He I does. had no idea. Okay. Yeah. He's, a, he's a pretty decent guy as far as I can tell. That's wonderful. Well, I love to hear that about John Cena. Mm -hmm. uh, he seems like he's having a lot of success, too, which I, I appreciate. Yeah, I he, like, he asked I'm, to be in the Barbie movie. He asked to be in yeah, the Barbie movie? Yeah, they didn't approach me. He was just like, I would love to be in this film. Please, please put uh, me in as a merman. John Cena's an ally? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's incredible. Okay, so, the, but, so there is precedence that we could build upon a stealth game 
that a wrestling stealth game. There yes. is there is a you don't see me precedent. Yes, there there is that is a mechanic for sure. <laughs> There's also when I think about stealth and I think about disempowerment, there is a a cliche in wrestling that you have a heel, a bad guy, and they have their manager who comes out with them, and their manager's job is to be sneakily cheating for the heel the entire time. So when okay. the ref has their back turned, the heel will like smack the good guy in the face or like pass a weapon to the heel or do something like that. So okay. I wonder if there's a way we can combine those ideas. Okay. So the idea that the like the stealth element is not in the person doing the wrestling. It's in it's in their manager trying to stealthily arrange things in their favor. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you play as the manager. Is this a one-person game or a two-person game? Are you trying to like out-stealth the other team? Two-person game is an interesting thought. I mean, honestly, a four-person game is an interesting thought where you have two managers and two wrestlers. And it's like two people are just playing a normal fighting game. And then there's two people on the outside of the ring playing a stealth game to see if they can get to power ups and stuff and then shoot the power ups at the at their their own wrestler. If you throw them incorrectly, you actually throw them at the other wrestler. Oh, no. I love that. But what I love about that is that it's not just a stealth game. <laughs> there, there's, there's things in there for people like me who are only ever interested in power fantasies. <laughs> That's definitely what I think of when I think of you. <laughs> just an unrepentant power fantasy, rippling muscles, guns akimbo. <laughs> Trying to put the man down, the little man. Specifically. Yeah. You're the Anybody big man in littler than me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I love the idea of a four player because then we're still going to have to be burdened with good AI for people who want to play it uh, solo. Sure. Uh, well, we'll just and, do the thing that every multiplayer game does where we go, yeah, we have a single player game and it's just versus boss and nobody ever does it. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Uh, okay. I love the idea of a four. Okay. Four player, two wrestler. So in wrestling games, mm-hmm. It is very common that you'll be able to either wrestle as like a a licensed real wrestler human person mm-hmm. uh, or make your own weirdo wrestler. Do we want to err on one side or the other? Ooh, the weird thing is that most wrestling games do both because the the I think there must be something easy about character creation in terms of wrestling moves because they basically just have mm-hmm. it's not like Street Fighter where every character has their own very specific thing that they do when you press the punch button. Like every wrestler will always throw a strike pretty much the same way in every wrestling game and they'll do a suplex okay. pretty much the same way. Yeah. So it's like almost every wrestling game that exists, I think, allows you to be both an existing person or somebody you make up. So we might okay. as well, you know, follow that uh, that lineage. That makes sense. They're not MOBAs. It's no. not like it's not like you have the healing wrestler. <laughs> Although, okay. Okay, well, now that you've said that, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be I great. Mean, that would be really fun. I mean, because if we're already if we're already sort of bucking the idea of a wrestling game by having what what and I also assume that you can make your own manager. Oh, for and sure. And that that can get into some pretty wild. I mean, the wrestling character makers are already pretty wild. Mm. Yeah, we could introduce MOBA elements where it's this is like because you could have like the anti-paladin wrestler who's specifically good at counter-programming the manager. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got high perception. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. They have a, a quick reflexes so they can direct the referee's attention. Cause I feel like the referee mm-hmm. is the big like spotlight that you're trying to avoid as the the, the heel manager. Yes. And like if you're the 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 anti-paladin wrestler, you're like grabbing the, the, the referee and like using it as a spotlight and actually being able to move it like manually and like direct oh. his view. So the I vision cone that. intercepts him. Yes. Okay. Uh, everything you just said was really good. 
because that's such a core part of stealth games where yes. it's like you not only is there a character that characters that you're trying to avoid but you can really clearly see where they are looking and what they can hear and that sort of thing mm-hmm. um okay and so the referee stands in for that does that mean there are there's only the one referee that we're trying to avoid the attention of or are there multiple referees typically in a wrestling match there's one referee because it makes it that much easier to cheat the, there are some uh, classic here. Let, let me explain some classic cheating moves. Number yeah. one, the manager jumps onto the, the apron and goes like, what are you doing? That was a horrible call, blah, blah, blah. And then the referee turns and talks to them and starts arguing. And while the two of them are arguing, <laughs> the wrestler goes and does something illegal, like kick the other guy in the junk or something like that. And then the, the manager goes, oh, well, never mind. Fuck you. And then sit, steps down after the guy's already gotten ch- kicked in the junk. And the referee turns around like, why is that guy holding his crotch? Oh, well, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. Um <laughs> Another is uh, the rest of the world grab the referee and like shove him into a corner as if to like protect him from a hit. But while he's doing that, <laughs> the heel will like toss a, a some brass knuckles into the ring or something like that. And the wrestler will pick them up and stuff them into his drawers so that later he can pull them out of his underwear and freshly stinking of scrotum sweat, I assume, smack the guy on the, on the head. Um, there's okay. also a run in where you get somebody to come in from off stage from back behind the scenes and they run in and just uh, interrupt. And there now there's a third wrestler in the in the, the match, like helping you uh, against the, the, the good guy, presumably. Incredible. Ever, I mean, you're just describing things that would happen in the stealth wrestling game. Mm-hmm. You just describe like passing a weapon uh, and then and then poisoning that weapon. So it had a toxin, a, a scrotal sweat toxin in it. <laughs> um, I can't I'm shocked that cheating is such a big part of wrestling. And I don't know why, because it's it's all for fun. So why wouldn't you do that if that was a fun thing to do? It's a it's a very easy way to characterize bad guys. It's it's hard to say this guy's a bad guy, but he always fights clean. It's very easy to say this guy's a bad guy because he's actually a cheater. And if you if the if you fought fairly with the with the face, then the face would always win. So it's a matter of like how do you get them to stop cheating? That's why cage matches exist. The whole okay. premise of a cage match is ah they're in a cage, so they can't have their ref their their manager come in and help them and cheat with them. So now it's just a true test of wills. That's incredible. Yeah. That's so good. Every time I have a brush with wrestling, I think about getting into wrestling and it's it hasn't happened yet. But the, uh, once again, I'm having this moment where like wrestling's pretty cool. I we literally just on Patreon did a video where I explained why wrestling is cool to all the rest of the daddies and showed them three matches as to like, here's a comedy match. Here's a drama match. And here's a spectacle match. And they by the end of it, they were all screaming. They loved wrestling so much. It was great. That's incredible. You should. Can you teach that in like a college <laughs> I would love to. Is there to. a college where you could teach this class? Because that's what you just described. Oh, my God. I would love that. That would be really cool. Huh. Uh, putting You got to put these wishes out in the world, Anthony. Yeah. I mean, I, for, first I got to write a porn and then I will become a professor for wrestling. Professor and then wrestling. There's going to be crossover there, it oh. feels like. Oh, God. There, you, <laughs> let me tell you, there already is. <laughs> Incredible. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm trying to refocus on our game, but all I want to talk about is everything you just said. Well, you know what we haven't discussed yet is gnarly. That's true. Okay, yeah. The gnarly aspect of it, does that mean it's set in the 80s? Is that what the gnarly aspect is? That certainly doesn't hurt. Was wrestling very different in the 80s, do you think? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot more a cocaine. Little... <laughs> like, wrestlers were a lot more likely to, like, murder people and get the drunk driving accidents and really fucked up stuff. Like, wrestlers these days, it's great because they're all wholesome. They just play video games and they stream all the time and they're really sweet. Wrestlers mm-hmm. in the 80s would like believe their own characters and just run around punching people and breaking mm-hmm. windows and stuff because they were insane and on coke all the time. <laughs> um, I mean, that's pretty gnarly. It is pretty gnarly. 
Yeah. Which almost makes me wonder, like, is there is that a mechanic where it's like what you did the night before influences the, the stats your character has coming in? Oh, I love that. That kind of gives me a vibe of like, because like then you can have these like interstitial gameplays to break up the mm-hmm. wrestling matches where you have you have like oh, maybe even like a visual novel-esque sequence where sure. it's not about reflection uh, uh, reflexes or, or that kind of game. It's about like making choices. Yes. <laughs> and those choices matter because it affects how you're going to perform in the in the ring. That's great. Yeah. Like you, that. What you do is you have like some choice, some story choices of like, hey, you go to a bar there's a cute girl there, you talk to her, but then her boyfriend comes out and starts some shit. Do you fight him or do you not? And if you do fight him, then there's a chance that he'll like show up to the show tomorrow and like throw a brick at you before you get on stage <laughs> and you have 20% less health when the, when the match starts. Oh, I love that. I was thinking that those would be so isolated, but I really love this kind of like inner flow. And that is how you get that story. I guess my question is like, do you think that plays out through all of it like is that boyfriend going to come back and escalate uh or is it just like a one-off every time you have one of these rounded interstitial bits you get a know. new little vignette like that depending on how easy the interstitials are to build which considering it's it's you know visual novel it shouldn't be that hard you could have like a gajillion of these it could be like the equivalent of items in super smash brothers which i granted <gasps> nobody ever plays with items but like imagine that they did <laughs> It's like the jealous ex comes in or the cops come in because they caught you trying to steal from a from a whiskey store, a whiskey store, a liquor store. <laughs> it's a store that only does whiskey. Um, I like OK, I love that because that is such a like for talking about like replayability. Mm-hmm. That is such an interesting way of adding like a multiplier to every situation because it's it's going to change how you approach all of those events, but also all of the game, all of the actual like wrestling bits. And I wonder, because there's there's probably a way to make each of those have positive and negative outcomes. Mm-hmm. So you have to weigh like, I'm playing a heel. So um, if if I have somebody who comes in and throws a brick at me, I get <laughs> minus 20% health, but like plus five points in like uh, audience antagonization. Like they hate me more, which gives me more power. Oh yeah. Or you know what you could do if, if we're going with the example of like, I talked to a pretty girl and her boyfriend got pissed at me. The pretty girl when you talk to her, she becomes your manager and she's way better at distracting the referee. She gets like a plus two to distracting the referee whenever she intentionally tries to get his attention. I love that. That's fascinating. I, I love the idea that this wrestling, gnarly wrestling stealth game is going to have um, gender commentary. Yeah. <laughs> Inevitably. That's, that's inevitable when it comes to wrestling. It's like, oh, do you want to explore the worst, most stereotypical parts of the human experience? Then I've got an art form for you. <laughs> um, God, incredible. That's fascinating. Uh, let's circle back to, because I really, I want to dig more into the ways in which managers can cheat. Because mm-hmm. uh, I am fascinated by the idea that this is a thing that is already extant in wrestling mm-hmm. that we can just sort of grab onto. Uh, and this is a question I have a lot in that I've levied on a lot of people who've recorded episodes with me so far, which is magic real, magic not real. High magic fantasy, real, low fantasy, urban fantasy. Because the what you've described says, suggests we don't even need it. I think we don't. Because I think the thing that makes wrestling interesting is the characters are already... The characters exist in a magical world, even if the rules of the world aren't magical. Wow. Like, The Undertaker is a dead man that carries around the ashes of his wife, but he still just wrestles like a normal guy. He still just does pile drivers and, and, and lariats and like normal stuff. But his character is, I'm back from the dead. But he doesn't. that doesn't change the way he behaves in the ring. He's just a guy. 
Wrestling is just D&D for really people who like sports, I guess. Yeah, it's D&D for slightly less secure I would say orthogonally horny people. Like it's a different kind of horny. <laughs> T- tell me more about the kind of horny it is. So like there's D&D horny, which is like, I want my, I want Carlac to like step on me and, <laughs> and dress me in certain ways and, and, and tell me that I'm a good or bad person, depending on the situation. Like yeah. that's D&D horny. Wrestling yeah. horny is like, I want to slap this guy so hard that his chest turns red because all the blood vessels have burst and I want him to slap me that hard. And I want it to be kind of romantic, but mainly a, a measure of like who has the stronger fighting spirit. And that is actually a deeper, more romantic connection than if we had just fucked. Wow. Anthony, that's beautiful. Thank you. You should write wrestling porn. I want to. <laughs> if you're listening out there and you have that very, very specific intersection in your life, Hit me up. I can't. I have to imagine there's actually a surprising overlap. It just feels like there's got to be a lot of overlap between wrestlers and people who do like OnlyFans stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's, I mean, one of the wrestler, a wrestler named Tony Storm was one of the first wrestlers to start an OnlyFans. And like she became a millionaire literally within the weekend. Wow. Good for her. Yeah, she was great. Oh, man. I hope you're enjoying Big Game Hunger. You should check out some of the other shows that are part of the Multitude Collective. I think you'd enjoy Spirits. Spirits is a history and comedy podcast focused on everything folklore, mythology, and the occult told through the lens of feminism, queerness, and modern adulthood. Every week, mythology buff Julia and her childhood best friend Amanda get together to learn about a different story from mythology and folklore over drinks. Get it? Spirits! That's everything from mythological origins of major franchises like Lord of the Rings and Wonder Woman, to a roundup of werewolf stories around the world, to modern urban legends like Creepypasta. Maybe there's an episode on that that has a cool person that joined them for that episode, then you want to listen to it. Start listening with any of the 300 episodes they've released over the last seven years. There is so much to enjoy, whether you're here for the analyses of mental health and mythology or just want some creepy modern ghost stories. Dive in at spiritspodcast.com or search for Spirits wherever you download your podcasts. Hey, let me tell you about Tab for a Cause. Tab for a Cause is a browser extension that lets you raise money for charity while doing your thing, the thing you do online all the time, which is opening tabs. With Tab for a Cause, whenever you open a new tab, you'll see a beautiful photo and a small little ad, and part of that ad money goes towards a charity of your choice. As of last year, Tab for a Cause helped people raise $1.5 million for charity, all by leveraging the power of opening a new tab. Tab for a Cause supports charities like The Bail Project and Point of Pride, so whatever charity you feel strongly about, you can have ad money sent directly to them. You can join Team Big Game Hunger by signing up at tabforacause.org slash BGH, or click the link in the podcast episode description. Gnarly. Gnarly wrestling stealth game. Okay, so I think there's a lot of the mechanics. So obviously you you break into the game, you make your character, whether it's a wrestler or a manager. Mm -hmm. uh, And then I guess are the, because the stealth games is mostly about, I would say timing uh, rather than like reflexes necessarily. Like it's all about, it's all about positioning yourself at the right kind of time. So we've already talked about like how there are going to be 
wrestlers and managers who are good at like distracting the referee, I think is going to be a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, manipulating the referee to get on their side. Mm-hmm. How how is that going to play out between the faces and the heels? Like who is going to have what power? Is there is there a kind of distraction or manipulation that is good that a, a face does? There are occasions where faces will cheat um, and mm-hmm. the audience will actually root for them. And it's usually because their personality is just like, they're just a little scamp. Like if the personality of the wrestler is like, I'm just a little scamp, then you then they kind of go like, who me? If, if it's like that vibe of cheating, that kind of just works. <laughs> There's this um tag team in uh, AEW called the Acclaimed, and their whole uh, gimmick is they like to scissor. They put their fingers together and do that, and they call they say scissor me, daddy, and that's just their thing. And we all decided that we love them even though they cheat all the time, and so every time they cheat, we're all like, yay! It just sort of works. Um, okay. So I guess there's like, there's good guy cheating and there's bad guy cheating. Good guy cheating is usually like, I do when the, the, the ref isn't looking, I do something slightly illegal, like not hugely illegal, but like I'll, I'll do a move that's, that's banned or I'll have my friend do a move on him when he's not tagged in or something like that. Whereas heel cheating is like, I'll have all three of my friends come in and just beat the shit out of this man <laughs> until he cannot move anymore. Or before the match even starts, I'll have my friends beat the shit out of him. So he comes into the match with a bum leg. <laughs> Okay. Well, because what? Okay, that makes it a lot harder. I see. I thought it was going to be really easy to conceive of how a heel would cheat versus how a face would cheat. But the things that you're talking about are so bold that it it almost eradicates the stealth element of it. Well, I guess we can invite new things or invent new things as well. Like, ah, (laughs) there's always the the old banana peel, like you know Mario Kart ass. Like, I just got to find one under the ring apron and then toss it under the ring. And as long as I don't get seen while I'm tossing it, the guy can fall on it and knock himself out. Okay. Yeah, no, you're right. I think it'll be fine. We don't have to have, I mean, there will probably be some interstitial visual novel stuff where you and your friends beat up the face uh, and that'll just have to be fine. But I love the idea that I'm fat. I am fascinated by this idea that the cheating, the behavior of defying the rules of wrestling is not what defines somebody as good or bad. You decide that somebody is good or bad. And then the things that they do are acceptable or unacceptable because of that positioning. That's a fascinating way to put it. Yeah, I hadn't considered it that way. I, I don't know if that's accurate. No, it is. Um, it is. It is? Like, okay. we, like, we can like people and then their actions just reinforce the things that we like about them, regardless of what those actions are. And currently, the the star of AEW is a guy named MJF, who was a, an unrepentant heel for many, many years, like the biggest heel that they had. But then they recently just did a story where he befriended another wrestler named Adam Cole. And it was the first time he ever had a friend ever. So now he's like, well, now I want to be a good guy because now I know what it's like to have a friend. So I'm I'm still a scumbag, but I'm your scumbag. So the chant is, he's our scumbag. Clap, 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 clap. He's our scumbag. So anytime he cheats, which he did just in this last pay-per-view to win, everybody fucking lost their minds with joy because they're like, yeah, that's, that's who he is. He's a cheater. We wouldn't want to see him win clean. We want to see him cheat to win because that's who he is. He would be a, a betrayal of his character if he, if he cheated, if he didn't cheat. That is fascinating. And it answers the question I had, which is like, how does somebody go from being one to the other if it's not based on their behaviors? But you're suggesting it's just like, it's just based on their character arc. It's 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 the Loki of it all. Absolutely. It's like, that's wild. And vice versa, where it can be like, 
we're good. We're, we're two good guys in a tag team. Everything's going great. But then we lose the big tag team championship match. And one of us gets so angry. We beat the shit out of the other. And now we're oh, a bad no. guy because we couldn't take <laughs> losing. And we feel like having friends makes us weak. So now we're a heel who has a very specific vengeance vendetta against my tag team partner, who I blame for having lost oh. us the big match kind of thing. Oh, my God. The soap opera of it all is just is really oh, yeah. sending me. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad you know things about wrestling <laughs> and that I can just ask you these questions and get answers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anytime you want, this is the most erotic thing I've ever offered you, but anytime you want me to show you certain <laughs> wrestling matches and explain why it's cool, I will do that in a heartbeat. I mean, we went to a wrestling match one time in Dallas, I remember. Did we? We absolutely did. Yeah. And uh, I remember because there was, it was, uh, I think it was, it had to have been AWE. It must have been WWE because it was probably not that memorable. (laughs) The the main thing I remember from it is that um, there was a a fight between America and Russia, like an American wrestler, the the American wrestler and the Russian wrestler. Uh, And we were like, wouldn't it be wild if the Russian wrestler won here in Texas? And the Russian wrestler did. It was fucking great. It was a part of a storyline. But the dudes in front of us were so angry about it. They were. They couldn't believe that we didn't understand what the story was, too, because we were like, oh, my God, he he tried to pull down the American (laughs) flag last week. And they're like, yeah, it was on Raw. What are you talking about? You didn't want the Raw? (laughs) We're like, no. No. Sorry. We're just showing up kind of out of nowhere for this. Yes. Was that relatively early in your – no, it had to have been – It was. Really early in your wrestling, it wasn't so early that we weren't just like we're got it, we're gonna go. But okay, no, it was just it was it was during that time in my life where I was like, I want to try all of the so called like for the, for the proles entertainment. I want to do monster <laughs> truck rallies. I want to do fucking funny cars, and I want to do wrestling. And it turns out of those, wrestling is the only one that I actually enjoyed. Did you go to a monster car rally? Yeah, they're so boring. Oh, that's they're just they're just loud. And when you think, oh, they're going to crush a bunch of cars. No, they bring out pre-crushed cars that the trucks just sort of drive over. Mm, okay. Fucking dull. <laughs> there's no doesn't sound like there's any storyline. No. If if I knew one of those cards had like a child that they were trying to get a back to, that truck, would be <laughs> a smaller truck that's just following them around. Yeah. It's got the paint of a different color truck. It's like, wait a second, I thought I was your father, but that one is <laughs> It's a honking incessantly, but it honk doesn't work, so it kind of does a honk, kind of a sad, cute honk. That's adorable. I think you just came up with a new spinoff to Cars that I would actually watch. (laughs) I think I found a new spinoff to Monster Truck Rallies. (laughs) They got to invest in the storylines more. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it it sounds like actually having everybody do stealth stuff is totally on the table, which is a a relief. Are there... Like, because you described, like, the little scamp archetype. Are there archetypes that you could be, like, building your character as? Like, are there, like, I mean, again, it's because I've been playing so much Baldur's Gate, but I just want to make everything D&D. So I'm Mm -hmm. like, what are the ten classes of wrestler that you could be? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so there's... There's the big brawny, they call them body guys. They're guys who are just weightlifters who can't really do a lot of actual wrestling, but they look amazing. They just look like massive steroid men. So there's the body guy. There is the flippy dip guy who is like really skinny and and just looks like a normal human being, looks like us, but can do crazy somersaults and and just leap off of tall things and do really spectacular visually things. Okay. There's the um, I'm better than you rich person who is just like, shows up and is like, all oh, you poor people in name of town. And everybody goes, boo. He goes, I haven't been this embarrassed since your local sports team failed to win the Super Bowl. He goes, boo. <laughs> um, there's the working class hero. Working class hero can also have different expressions as like, 
I'm just a man of the people and I'm a good guy. Or it could be Stone Cold Steve Austin where it's like, all I want to do is drink beer and beat the shit out of my boss. And I'm kind of a mean dude, but like in a way that you wish you could be mean to your boss. Oh, fascinating. Is John Cena a working class hero? John Cena is a working class hero. He is. Okay. He says that hustle, loyalty, and respect are the most important things. You got to eat your fucking vet vegetables and hustle and, and be loyal. And uh, fascinating. kids love him. He wears jorts. It's great. He does wear jorts. That when, when I when I manifest John Cena in my mind, uh, on the rare occasions I can actually <laughs> I was see like, him. How often does this happen? <laughs> it, in the last half hour, a lot. He is always wearing like a baggy jersey, and he kind of looks like he's dressed um, like Kevin Smith. <laughs> oh my god! <gosh. laughs> Holy shit! He is. I never considered that. Uh, okay, we're class hero i love this there's a literal monster like just an, a demon or creature that is not human in some way okay love that uh supernatural uh malevolence force like the undertaker or malachi black okay <laughs> think person who thinks they're a superhero that's weirdly common oh, okay i mean that no that kind of makes sense yeah usually a comic relief character but right. um back in the old days when you could be even more offensive there was the Horribly offensive, like uh, effeminate stereotype, which was like now looking back yes. is hugely entertaining to watch in a way that you're rooting for them. Like it, <laughs> it's completely reversed, and you're like, "Yay, this guy makes his uh, valet spray the entire ring with perfume before he gets in because he doesn't want to dirty himself <laughs> with the stench of the pores." And you're like, "Yay, this guy's great." <laughs> uh, yeah, wasn't there a guy who would wrestle in like tutu and like ballerina wear? Oh yeah, that's a pretty common thing in uh, Mexican okay. wrestling. They're called exoticos. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Okay. Okay. Um, well, we should have that, but they should be like a, a positive gay representation. Yes. <laughs> okay. They should get powers from their their queerness. I love that. That's fascinating. I love when you can look back on stuff and be like, I'm supposed to hate this character, but gotcha. Yeah. I love that. Joke's on you, ding dong. I, I, I have got the exact opposite <laughs> reaction you wanted. <laughs> uh, okay. So it seems like, yeah, there are a lot of incredible... Uh, almost preformed types. Do they tend to fit in? Can like, can you be like a working class hero heel? Yes. Okay. You can. So they're they're not they're non aligned. Yeah, you can go too far. Any character can hypothetically switch into something else by just going a little bit too far in one direction. That's fascinating too. Okay. Uh, all right. So it sounds like I guess are there manager types as well? Because like, if if we're thinking about this as a game. Mm -hmm. The gameplay between the manager and the wrestler feels like they're going to be pretty different because the manager is going to be doing a bulk of the stealth thing mm -hmm. and the the like arranging of the the referee and arranging of uh, the audience mm -hmm. or no I guess maybe not I guess the 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 manager is probably focused on the referee the wrestler is probably focused on the other wrestler and the audience like audience management which I sure. assume has to be part of this yeah yeah for sure. A lot, of, a lot of wrestlers get their energy from the audience cheering loudly. Yeah, and that's going to be very literal in this case because it's a video game. So I assume there's going to be some sort of audience meter. Yeah, Twitch integration. Whoa, I love that. I love Twitch integration. Uh, I know it's kind of a gimmick, but uh, I'm a basic bitch. I love gimmicks. <laughs> well, if you love gimmicks, then wrestling is the right art form for you. Because <laughs> I imagine the the managers, I, I feel like part of the, if you're if you're a heel... Part of this management, part of the stuff that your manager has to do is do stealthy things to help you that are not seen by the referee, but which are seen by the audience because yes. that's going to stoke the audience energy. Yes. So I feel like that's going to be the tricky part about doing doing the manager role is that like 
you're you're sometimes you're going to have to be seen by the referee and not seen by the audience. But there, so I think there will there will be two cones of vision. There will be the referee cone of vision and also the audience cone of vision. And we'll have to the UI for this will have to be different, right? Because their attention is going to be wavering. Well, I think. One of the things that makes wrestling work really well is that is dramatic irony. Like the audience almost knows everything all the time. Okay. We are, okay. we are omniscient effectively in the story. Re- the referee has a limited sort of sc- sense of scope, but because we can see something's happening that the referee isn't, it gets us more frustrated and makes us wish like, come on, ref, turn around. Like what's going oh. on? So the, I think the, the audience can actually see everything and it's fine because okay. the worst case scenario is they boo a lot. In which case, if you're the heel, that's what you want. It empowers you. Or they're going to be, you know, trying to warn the referee. And maybe, maybe that's a, a, a stat you can modify in your manager. It's like, oh, like my manager is sneaky enough that it takes the, the audience a little bit longer to notice that what I'm doing before they can call the referee over. Or they okay. like me so much as the, as the heel because I'm the, I'm the buxom beauty, uh, uh, heel manager that they kind of just go woo and they cheer me when I come out. So I don't get attention at all from the, the referee or something. Yes. I love that. I mean, there's going to be, there's going to have to be stats about, I mean, if we're thinking about the stealth elements, like you mentioned earlier, dexterity, like the ability to throw those brass knuckles on the stay on the ring, mm-hmm. <laughs> throw those brass knuckles in the ring and, uh, do that in such a way that like they land where you want them to, uh, and they don't accidentally wang your wrestler in the head with the brass <laughs> knuckles. So there's going to, yeah, there's going to have to be elements like that. What else wrestling wise could you, what kind of stats would you need? I mean, charisma. Charisma. Right. Because if you're going to be a, a, the kind of distracting. Yeah. If I'm intentionally trying to make the other wrestler, it's, which has happened very often where it's like, I'm the pretty girl re- uh, manager, so I I don't care about the referee. I just want to distract the other wrestler and go like like fucking Bugs Bunny in a dress, just like showing part of my ankle and making them go wow with the fucking wolf like with the heart eyes coming out and text every wolf. There's always that. I think that should be literally in the game. I think I think if your manager successfully distracts the other wrestler, they should become a little bit of a Tex Avery wolf. Oh yeah, absolutely. They should okay. definitely have some like slightly cartoony graphics that really sell what's going on, I think. Yeah, I think you would I think you would almost have to. The the idea of uh, I cuz I think most of the wrestling games kind of skew towards kind of a realism. Yeah. Um but that's uncanny to me because so much of what they do is so wild. But mm. I guess it's it's wild that they're doing it with their real human bodies. Yeah. Uh, but this is an art form, so I think we should... I'm always in favor of elevating um, <laughs> the style, especially when we're not actually making the game and we don't have to... <laughs> yeah, when we have an unlimited budget. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so there's... Yeah, so there's the dexterity, there's the charisma. I assume there's probably like an intimidation stat, right? Is there is there much like bullying of the referees? Sure, yeah. I think if if... We want to say that one of mechanics is like effectively tying up the referee for a certain amount of time so that the your wrestler can do cheating stuff. It's like I have high stats with distracting the referee because I'm really aggressive and they want to shout me down and we get into a big long <laughs> argument. Our argument lasts longer um, because of uh, of that stat. Okay. You've also got just like physically gifted manager where it's like I'm the one who like will hit the the other the the face wrestler when the Ooh. referee isn't looking. I'll just cold clock him in the head with my shoe or something like that, and that'll do some extra damage to him. I love the idea of like a versi uh, wrestler manager where you you somebody makes a character when they want to be only either. you would refer to them as a versi. <laughs> I like a switch manager. <laughs> yeah, you have a switch. 
<laughs> manager wrestler. Obviously, they can play either role. And some you make a character like that. So when you're going over to your friend's house to play on their, their big screen, mm-hmm. uh, and they're like, I only want to play manager. You're like, well, I've got a character for this. Yeah. <laughs> And then later you fuck. <laughs> uh, this is this is all the foreplay to that. Oh yeah. Okay. So what other what other? I mean, obviously there's the the pure stealth of it, which I assume gives you like a better better like stealth vision. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something even that you need to unlock. Maybe maybe your manager doesn't start off seeing that referee vision cone. Oh sure. I think that could be interesting because that's more of like a kind of like a hitman style where. Mm-hmm. You just have to look and see if somebody can see you. Yeah, you have to use your your, your meat orbs, <laughs> your jelly, your jelly. You your gotta jellies. use your jellies uh, to see if they're gonna see you. So maybe that's something like if you want to invest in that, you can unlock the skill to that's see great. that that perspective. You could also um, upgrade the speed with which you pull illegal items out from under the ring, like tables and chairs and stuff like that. Like get a little that. meter that's filling it that when it fills, you finally pull the item out, but it goes way faster if you're like a really good scavenger uh, manager. Yes. I love that. You're, you've invested in items. There's probably a whole manager stat that's just like the item usage and it gives you benefits to, to eating the banana <laughs> so that you have the banana peel to throw out. Is that ob- that's obviously a quick time event. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> banana QTE. Um, I think this is a pretty solid game idea, actually. I feel, I feel like it's pretty... The, the the multiplayer part is going to be the hardest part to implement about it. That, and I guess the Twitch integration will be tricky, too. This is also making me think, like, this could actually maybe work as a board game. Ooh. Okay. Well, like, okay, let's think about that, because that's really interesting. So, like, a board game where you're playing teams. Mm-hmm. It's two, two on two. Uh, that feels like even easier for me to some reason than a video game. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason, finding three other people to play a board game seems easier. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, okay. And then you you each choose your role and then you get like cards. Is it sort of a card, card-based so. board game? Yeah, it's probably a card system. It's probably a little bit of deck building where it's like I'm I'm buying items from this one pile and I'm buying upgrades from this other pile and I can only have so many in my hand kind of thing. And so yes. I can like, you know, equip my character with the stuff or I can find the items. So I, I could, I could, I could fuck up and be a character who's really good at finding stuff, but I haven't actually put any effort into finding the items. So I'm just like not actually helping my, my, my team very much. Oh, I like that. In a weird way, you've just pointed out to me that board games are kind of all roguelikes. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's anything, but I said it and I now it's it in is. the world. I think it is. It's a like, randomized <laughs> series of mechanics that create different situations depending on how you interact with them. Yeah, and you'd have to build your strategy based on what cards you start with every single time. Mm-hmm. And so you might want to try to do an item run, but end up with a Buxom Beauty run. Right. And it's just like, I've got all these tit cards. What do I do with them? That's I mean, what is more true to the human experience than that sentence that you just said? <laughs> I just wanted out. to be good with items, but I've just got so much tit. <laughs> and sometimes you just got to make do with what you have. Yeah. Uh, okay. I actually think that is an even more fun idea because the the idea that it's almost like war where you've got two characters who are doing the actual versus each other but then you've got two other people who are just fucking up those attempts <laughs> at doing a normal straightforward board game yeah there's something inherently very funny to me about that oh man and then you gotta have the really really rare card that is the manager switches sides 
and just like jump, like fucking throws dirt into the eye of the the guy that they're supposed to be managing, and then joins the other team. Oh, I love that. I think there there should be a card, and this is like advanced play. So after you and your group have played it like four or five times, mm-hmm. it does introduce a card that you can draw in like the first round mm-hmm. that says you will have to betray your wrestler. That's so good. <laughs> it's really fun. I I know this is a last minute pivot, but I kind of like the board game version better. Than the I think I might too. Version. With the yeah. social interaction of it might be a little bit more fun. Yeah, because obviously if you're there in person, you're going to want to be doing all of the wrestling shit talking and mm-hmm. the the at the 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 role playing aspect of it i think is so is going to be such a fun part of the board game. Ooh, and you can have a really distinct like the the referee will always be facing in this direction when you use this kind of move and they'll also be facing in this direction when you're doing this kind of move. So the wrestler is very yes. intentionally trying to position the referee's vision cone so that the manager mm-hmm. can get to certain spaces on the edge of the ring that they need to get to without getting caught. Yes, I like the the idea that the the referee is the like sort of automated, like how some board games will have like an uh, an automated antagonist. Uh, the the don't wake daddy of it all. <laughs> yeah yeah (laughs) that is what that is um that was such a good pull i was gonna fumble around to see if i could think of one but it is the don't wake daddy of it all um which leads me to an important question which is what would we name this board game i my instinct is to want to work don't work daddy in there somewhere but i don't know if you can be associated with another daddy centric media don't wrestle daddy That's good advice. There is there is a <laughs> phrase in um in wrestling that gets used sometimes for cheating, uh, which is screw job. And I kind of <laughs> like that. The game just called screw job. It also feels like we get some of that porn crossover we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I was just thinking, um, what a fun way to start a polycule um, <laughs> is to, to to find the three oh. people you most want to join. Don't threaten me like... with a good time, Jenna. <laughs> the best way you you call your three you know, the three people you most want to be uh, in a fuck squad with <laughs> and say hey <laughs> let's play this board game and if i win then your life is about to change for the better <laughs> y'all want to come over and do a screw job and they say and and if they're into that ambiguous statement then you know they're you know good. it's on they're, you know it's on and if one of them is like i don't know what that is <laughs> i'm i'm not i'm not coming over at the time you, you know they're not into <laughs> that's it fine. that's fine find another fourth there's always one out there Just find another there's unicorn always. yeah they're not unicorns they're kind of everywhere <laughs> in my <laughs> experience yeah just go to a ren fair and just hold out your hands and you'll touch five of them <laughs> i love screw job <laughs> i'm just gonna let that statement stand i love that as a as a title fantastic i think that's really good is there anything else you want to add to what is a pretty good concept for a board game no nothing comes to mind i think we i think we're perfect i think we completely nailed it i do think we completely nailed it um the downside of making it a board game is i'm like well if it was a card game it's really easy to get stuff printed yeah uh but that's always that's where i always land with these when i record episodes is like i'm at the end of it i'm always like this is it's basically done but yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like no nothing's done <laughs> yeah but this feels like one of those things where it's like well shit if it is a board game i don't actually have an excuse for not trying to prototype something like this out <laughs> and i won't but i just won't have an excuse no. for not doing it 
Yeah, I've, what I've done is I've cursed myself with the knowledge that uh, any of these things could hypothetically be made because yeah. people people make board games and video games all the time. Uh, but I've really tricked myself into thinking that the hard work is done. It's not. The easy work, I, having ideas is easy and yeah. free. Well, I still feel great about Screwjob. <laughs> all right. Um, Anthony Birch, do you have anything to plug? Um. If you like uh, D&D podcasts um, where the hosts don't actually know how to play D&D all that well, but they're kind of funny, uh, I would listen to Dungeons and Daddies. It's a podcast I do with some friends, including Freddie Wong, Beth May. It's Jenna's been on it. Jenna was fantastic as a rat lawyer in the first season. Yeah, it was very fun. Extremely yeah. fun. Um, what a hilarious way to undercut how incredible your show is. <laughs> and how how shockingly D like selling it as a D&D podcast where people don't know how to play D&D uh, is selling yourself short. You know how to play D&D better than people who are playing D&D. <laughs> you know how to have an incredible fun time with it while also having shockingly deep emotional arcs wow well thank uh, you and deep lore and a lot of butt jokes so i should have you be our fucking street team i'm terrible <laughs> at telling our shit uh you have such an insane humble streak um for being such an incredible creator oh uh and i don't i don't know why <laughs> i don't <laughs> oh, know why just, you, you know, insist trauma but <laughs> <laughs> well you got me there <laughs> Big Game Hunger is a part of the Multitude Collective of Podcasts, edited and mixed by the talented Misha Stanton and created and hosted by me, Jenna Stever. To support this show directly, subscribe at patreon.com slash thejenna. Anthony, what is one word, adjective, gameplay type, premise, etc. that you would like added to the ingredient list? Sensual. Ooh, that's good. Oh, that's good. I, what, what I've discovered, uh, low these many episodes, is that this question is actually a secret little Rorschach test that tells me something secret and interesting about the, the person who offered it. Um, <laughs> this didn't tell you anything you didn't already know that I'm a pervert. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, thank you, Anthony, for thank joining you, me today. Uh, thank you, listener, for listening to Big Game Hunger. And don't forget to wishlist Screwjob on wherever you wishlist board games. I don't know where that is. Board Game Geek. Board Game Geek, yes. Look for it at Board Game Geek. Release date, TBD. 